Right Honourable Speaker, Honourable Members of Parliament, I stand before you on the authority of His Excellency President Nanado Dankwa Kufuado to present the Media Fiscal Policy Review of the Budget Statement and Economic Policy of the Government of Ghana for 2022 financial year. Today's presentation is in fulfillment of Section 28 of the Public Financial Management Act 2016, Act 921, and Regulation 24 of the Public Financial Management Regulations, LI 2378. Mr. Speaker, this statement is an abridged version of the Media Fiscal Policy Review of the Budget Statement Economic Policy of the Government of Ghana for the 2022 financial year. I respectfully request that the entire media fiscal policy review of the 2022 budget be captured in the Hansard. Mr. Speaker, on 17th November 2021, I presented the government's program to build a sustainable entrepreneurial nation anchored on fiscal consolidation and job creation in the 2022 budget, the Agenda budget. Our macroeconomic targets were designed to get us back to a path of debt sustainability and increased growth. These targets, Mr. Speaker, were underpinned by an aggressive program to mobilize 100.5 billion Ghana cities in revenues and grants, with estimated total expenditure of 137.5 billion Ghana cities. We aim to adhere we aim to achieve an overall budget deficit of 7.4% for the year 2022. This was against the backdrop that economic growth had recovered from 0.5% in 2020 to 5.4% in 2021, and the fiscal deficit had declined from 14.7% in 2020 to 11.4% in 2021. While the prospects for 2022 were encouraging, our plants, like many other countries in the world, went awry. Mr. Speaker, the impasse in Parliament and subsequent development after the presentation of the budget in November 2021, both global and domestic front, have created enormous challenges for our economy. The deferment of the passage of our proposed revenue measures undermines the credibility of our budget, leading to heightened investor concerns credit rating downgrades, and close access in international capital markets. These happenings, Mr. Speaker, have led to severe pressures on the city, which caused the currency to depreciate significantly. Additionally, in February 2022, Russia invaded Ukraine, a situation, a situation Mr. Speaker, additionally, in February 2022, Russia invaded Ukraine, a, a, situation, a situation that worsened the already weakened global supply chains, exacerbated by high financing conditions, the surge in food, fertilizer, financing, and building materials and fuel prices 
that manifested in soaring inflation domestically. These have had a debilitating toll on the costs and standard of living of our people. Mr. Speaker, food prices are rising, fuel and transfer fares are up, the cost of borrowing for businesses and households has increased, the city has depreciated, and the economic outlook has darkened significantly. Mr. Speaker, this state of affairs is quite a painful one for me to report to you. It is hard to see our people lament about the prices of basic commodities. These are difficult times for government and indeed for the finance minister. It is agonizing to hear our food producers complain about the cost of falling foodstuff from farm gates to market centers. This is not how we envision the economy. Time is not what we, this is not what we planned and worked hard for. Recent challenges have overtaken us. Our duty is to work through these challenges, overcome them, and it's exactly what keeps the President and his team awake at night. Mr. Speaker, let me take this opportunity to discuss the issue of our return to the IMF. Yes, I know this government assured the nation of a Ghana beyond aid, and our plans and programs for economic transformation and our plans and programs for economic transformation have been designed to achieve just that. And indeed, I did say that Ghana would not embark on an IMF program. We did not just say it, we also took measures towards the attainment of that objective, including the passage of the Fiscal Responsibility Act and instituting a number of irreversibility measures and also launching the Ghana Cares Obatampa program for economic revitalization and transformation. Unfortunately, unprecedented global developments, Mr. Speaker, over the past two years, especially in these last six months, have really and truly disrupted our efforts. Governments across the world have had to change course to tackle the current crisis. Governments that less than a year ago were busily talking about energy transition and green and cleaner fuels have gone back to firing their coal plants. Governments that are known for low taxes are now raising taxes to tackle growing deficits. These are not ordinary times, not for Ghana, not for Africa, and certainly not for the whole world. Right, Honorable Speaker, let us all acknowledge that the situation we are experiencing now is different. The global context we find ourselves in is the first of its magnitude in the Fourth Republic and even before that. It is therefore disappointing when people want to pretend that these developments are purely domestic. It is right knowledge, Mr. Speaker, that global developments, including the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic and the Russia-Ukraine invasion, have really undermined and disrupted most economies. Governments across the globe are facing strikes and demonstrations as workers see their standards of living plummeting. As workers see their standards of living plummeting with prices of goods and services jumping to heights not seen in over two generations. An International Monetary Fund staff team 
visited Accra from July 6 to 13, 2022, to assess the current economic situation and discuss the broad lines of our government's enhanced domestic program that could be supported by the fund. At the conclusion of the mission, Mr. Speaker, the statement by the team lead correctly captured where we are and why we are where we are. He said, Ghana is facing, and I quote, Ghana is facing a challenging economic and social situation amid an increasingly difficult global environment. The fiscal and debt situation has severely worsened following the COVID-19 pandemic. At the same time, investors' concerns have triggered credit rating downgrades, capital outflows, loss of external market assets, and rising domestic borrowing costs. In addition, the global economic shock caused by the war in Ukraine is hitting Ghana at a time when the country is still recovering. At a time when the country is still recovering from the COVID-19 pandemic shock and of limited room for maneuver. These adverse developments have contributed to slow economic growth accumulation of unpaid bills, a large exchange rate depreciation, and a surge in inflation. Unquote, Mr. Speaker, from the fund. Mr. Speaker, let me be quick to add that we are not wavering at all in our resolve to turn this country around. Ours is a history, is of a history of turning things around when the country is in crisis. When the MPP government took over the reins of government in 2017, we inherited a challenged economy under an IMF program, which we successfully turned around and exited the program in 27 months. <laughs> Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker, that is a fact. If the economy was not on track, we would not have been given the all clear. That was why by April 2019, satisfied with the stability that we had brought to the economy and the policies we were implemented to sustain growth, the fund gave us the all clear to exit the program. Ghana's growth rate had moved from 3.7% in 2016, the lowest since 1992, to average 7% from 2017 to 2029. We have cut the rate of inflation down by 33% over the same period to 7.9%. By the end of 2019, Mr. Speaker, average lending rates have dropped from the 30s to 23.6 and still dropping. Our trade balance was up, Mr. Speaker, to 2.3 billion. The city remained relatively stable. Indeed, the amount of our total revenues that we use to service our debt had dropped from 2018 spike of 73% to 58.9% by December 2019. We were certainly not out of the woods, Mr. Speaker, especially as revenues remain very low and we have been left to billions in areas to pay and more bills to pay from numerous contracts that the previous government had signed. Well, Mr. Speaker, we are certainly not out of the woods yet, especially as revenues remain very low, 
and we have been left with billions in areas to pay and more bills to pay from numerous contracts that the previous government had signed where we had to pay for electricity that we did not need. Yet, we still found money to fund our own ambitious promises to Ghanaians. We still found the money to bring back or invest more in vital social programs that had been abandoned by the previous government. But Mr. Speaker, we also knew that the economy was still vulnerable to shocks. That was why we set out to introduce transformational policies that in the long term will put Ghana beyond aid. Key amongst them are the emphasis in education and vocational training, adding value to our economy through industrialization and digitalization, investing heavily in roads and railways, and rationalizing the power sector. Indeed, Ghana was touted globally as a success story. Investors were lined up to buy our bonds. Tourism had taken off with over a million visitors touring Ghana in 2019 during the year of return. Then came the outbreak of the pandemic, described in June 2020 by Emma as a crisis like never before. A crisis like never before. But the Akufuado government stood up to its responsibilities to the Ghanaian people. I, the finance minister, who was widely described as tight-fisted, even by his own cabinet colleagues, had no choice but to do what the entire world was doing, which was to breach our own self-imposed deficit ceiling in order to save lives and protect livelihoods. We have demonstrated that we can transform this economy when we all come together and put our hearts and minds to it. Mr. Speaker, just as we did in 2017 and 2020, government is resolved to continue to provide the necessary leadership to turn the economy around. Let me assure you, on behalf of the President, that we will do it again within the next two and a half years. To do this, Mr. Speaker, we'll proceed with great caution, thoughtfulness, creativity, and grit. And as the old adage says, we shall hasten slowly. Mr. Speaker, we are currently developing an enhanced domestic program to complement the Ghana Cares of Atampa program to return us to a path of macroeconomic stability, debt sustainability, robust growth, and a Ghana beyond aid. We expect this program to be the basis of our negotiations with the IMF. In the coming months, Mr. Speaker, we'll continue to optimize and support our flagship programs and make strategic investments in the rail sector to increase production, enhance productivity, and create jobs. The Youth Start program will be a fundamental intervention to advancing an entrepreneurial nation to create jobs. Mr. Speaker, our iconic National Builders Core program, which was initially run for three years, and a standard for additional year will be completed by 1st September 2022. 
The program which engaged 100,000 young graduates has prepared thousands of them for the world of work. So far, we have invested approximately 2.2 billion CDs. As they exit, the current cohort on the program are encouraged to take advantage of the Youth Start Initiative and other assisting programs in our drive to build an entrepreneurial nation. Government's policy is to support dynamic young entrepreneurs access training and funds to build their businesses and become a significant pool of job providers for their fellow young people. Mr. Speaker, we have ever recognized that our post-COVID economic recovery has been uneven and risky remain high. According to the IMF, the global outlook is grim and has darkened significantly. And global uncertainty is exceptionally high and 2023 is even more uncertain. However, in the 2022 budget, we committed ourselves to chart a course towards growth and fiscal sustainability, and this media policy review reassets the commitment. Mr. Speaker, we've seen some major shifts in our budget assumptions compared to November 2021 when we presented the budget. These changes have led to reduced revenues, increased interest payments, and changes in interest rates and exchange rates. However, we are committed to staying within the appropriation for 2022. In spite of the underperforming revenues and strong external headwinds, we are not seeking additional funds in this media review. We are determined to efficiently use the windfall from the upstream petroleum sector to make up for our revenue shortfalls and aggressively improve our revenue even as we rationalize expenditures. Mr. Speaker, the Bank of Ghana increased the monetary policy rate cumulatively by 450 basis points between March and May 2022 and reserve requirements to 12% to help address rising inflation and currency depreciation. This led to a significant increase in interest rates and financing costs and a drop in liquidity leading to rollover pressures in order to contain inflation. Mr. Speaker, with this backdrop, and I'll proceed to give details of developments for the first half of the year 2022 and also provide updates on the outlook for this year. Mr. Speaker, the global economy is engulfed in crisis and in margins since World War II, resulting in a conflagration everywhere. Global inflation and interest rates are at record high. Monetary policy adjustments in advanced economies are also tightening financing conditions for emerging markets. The Financial Times estimates that investors have pulled about $50 billion from emerging market bond funds in 2022 alone, the most severe out net outflow recorded in 17 years. The outlook of the global economy has significantly dimmed, Mr. Speaker. According to the April 2022 IMS World Economic Outlook, global growth is projected to end the year at 3.6% down from 6.1% growth in 2021. Across advanced economies, growth is projected at 3.3% in 2022, down from 5.2% recorded in the previous year. The sharp slowdown reflects surging commodity prices, soaring inflation, trade disruptions, tightening financing conditions, and elevated uncertainty due to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. In addition to these factors, growth in sub-Saharan Africa is projected to slow from 4.5% in 
in 2021 to 3.8% in 2022 on account of heightened security risk in the Sahel region. The World Bank also projects that global growth from now to 2024 will slow down by 2.7 percentage points. According to the UN this year, about 250 million people will fall into extreme poverty. It further suggests that a record 345 million acutely hungry people are on the brink of salvation, representing a 24 percent increase from 276 million at the beginning of 2022. Mr. Speaker, price pressures have continued to build in several advanced and emerging market economies, primarily due to escalating energy and other commodity prices and widespread supply chain disruptions. In response, inflation in advanced economies is expected to increase from 3.1% in 2021 to 5.7% in 2022, moderate to 2.5% in 2023. Similarly, inflation in emerging markets and development economies is expected to increase from 5.9% in 2021 to 8.7% in 2022, before moderating to 2.5% in 2023. Mr. Speaker, our economy has been impacted by these global developments. The revenue measures outlined in the 2022 budget have underperformed largely due to the delays in passing and implementing these measures. Inflation has surged to 29.8 percent as of the end of June 2022, as of compared to 9 percent in June 2021. The CDS pressure against the U.S. dollar by 16.86 percent between January and June 2022, compared to 4.1 percent at the end of 2021. These have contributed to rising cost of living and labor agitations. Interest payments have been revived up, reviewed upwards from 7.5 billion, 7.5% of GDP, to 41.3 billion, 7% of revised GDP, mainly on account of inflationary pressures and exchange rate depreciation resulting in higher costs of financing. Mr. Speaker, in face of these adverse domestic and external headwinds, Growth momentum has however been relatively resilient. The Ghana Statistical Service reports that the economy continued to grow, moderately growing at 3.3% in the first quarter of 2022. In addition, the Bank of Ghana's updated composite index of economic activity recorded an annual growth of 15.8% in March 2022 compared to 26.3% in the corresponding period in 2021 due largely to increased industrial production, increased credit to private sector, exports, and higher tourist arrivals. In the light of the significant changes in the global environment and our own unique challenges, we have revised our economic growth estimate for 2022 to 3.7% down from 5.8% as stated in the 2022 budget. Mr. Speaker, at the time of presenting the 2022 budget in November last year, we provided information on macroeconomic developments for the first nine months of the 2021 fiscal year. We now have received updated information through the end of December 2021, which I now present as follows. Overall real GDP for 2021 grew strongly by 5.4% compared to 0.5% recorded in 2020 and the revised 2021 world target of 5.1%. Non-oil GDP growth also increased 
to 6.9% compared to a growth of 1% recorded in 2020 and a revised 2021 target of 7%. Overall budget deficit of 28.095 million, 5.6% of GDP, against a deficit target of 19.73 billion Ghana cities, 3.9% of GDP. Primary balance for the period was a deficit of 7.618 billion, 1.5% of GDP, against a deficit target of 672 million or 0.1% of GDP. Public debt to GDP ratio stood at 76.6% at the end of 2021. Mr. Speaker, Provisional Quarter 1 2022 National Account Statistics published by Ghana's Healthcare Service in June 2022 showed that the overall real GDP growth for the first quarter of 2022 was 3.3% compared to 3.6% recorded in the same period in 2021. Non-oil GDP for the first quarter of 2022 grew by 3.7% compared to the quarter 1 2020 growth of 5.3%. Revision to 2022 macroeconomic framework. Mr. Speaker, as I've already indicated, the macroeconomic environment has significantly changed prompting the revision of the macroeconomic framework. Furthermore, based on the development for the first six months of 2022 and outlook for the rest of the year, we have accordingly revised the macro-fiscal targets for 2022 as follows. Overall GDP growth of 3.7% down from 5.8%. Non-oil GDP growth of 4.3% down from 5.9% and period inflation of 28.5% up from 8%, the overall deficit of 6.6% of GDP down from 7.4%, primary surplus of 0.4% of GDP up from a surplus of 0.1% of GDP, and the gross international reserves of not less than three months import cover. Mr. Speaker, the 2022 fiscal framework has also been revised to the fiscal performance for the first half of the year, including shortfalls in the expected yields from the new 2022 revenue measures. The implementation of the 30% discretionary expenditure cuts and other expenditure measures announced by government earlier in the year. The other expenditure measures are the moratorium on foreign travel, except pre-approved critical and auxiliary travels, 50% cuts in fuel coupon locations for all political appointees, and heads of government institutions, including SOEs, effective 1st April 2022. The moratorium on foreign travels, except approved, pre-approved, critical, on statutory travels, and 50% cut in full allocations for political, including SOEs, etc. Government support for 15% of living, cost of living allowance to public servants. Upward revision of the average weighted domestic interest rates, upward revision in exchange rate on account of higher depreciation, and revision of the benchmark crude oil price from $61.2 per barrel to $94.8 per barrel, and the benchmark crude volume, volume from 59.5 million barrels to 58.0 million barrels. Mr. Speaker, accordingly, Total revenue and grants have now been revised to 96.8 billion, 16.4% of GDP in 2022, 
down from the 2022 budget target of 100.5 billion, 20% of GDP representing 3.7% reduction. Total expenditure, including payments for the clearance of arrears, has been revised downwards to 135.7 billion, 22.9% of GDP, from the original budget projection of 137.5 billion, 27.4% of GDP. Interest payments have been revised upwards from 37.4 billion, 7.5 of GDP, to 41.362 billion, 7% of revised GDP mainly on account of inflationary pressures and exchange rate depreciating, resulting in higher costs of finance. Mr. Speaker, the revisions in government's fiscal operations results in a fiscal deficit on cash basis of 38.9 million, 6.6% of revised GDP, up from the 2022 budget deficit target of 37.012 billion, 7.4% of GDP. The corresponding primary balance is a surplus of 2.46 billion, 0.4% of revised GDP, up from the 2022 budget estimate of a surplus of 435 million, 0.1% of GDP. Although the deficit, Mr. Speaker, is expected to be financed from both foreign and domestic sources, Domestic financing will be the key driver while government works to regain external market assets. Mr. Speaker, the following revenue measures will be pursued in the remaining half of the year. EVAT, the digitalization of our revenue mobilization processes remain a key focus. Therefore, the GRA is finalizing all relevant processes to facilitate the effective collection of VAT revenue. This includes a proposed amendment of the value-added Tax Act 870 to enable this electronic collection effective 1st October 2022. Property rates. It's fundamentally important that together with the Ministry of Local Government we continue to assist and support the assemblies, not only to expand their revenue base, but to do so with optimal efficiency and effectiveness. Therefore, the collective efforts of the local government, the assemblies, and the GRA in launching an end-to-end digital process will be realized in all this. Extension of waiver of interest and penalty to December 2022, an introduction of upfront payment of VAT on importers not registered for VAT with implementation start date of 1st October 2022. Mr. Speaker, this government has kept faith with public sector workers. Not a single public sector employee was laid off as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. Employees, employees receive their full salaries with frontline health workers receiving additional incentives. Since 2017, this government has employed an additional, Mr. Speaker, since 2017, this government has employed an additional 295,000 Ghanaians in the public sector being the highest registering 84 new employees, 1,000 new employees. In spite of the prevailing global economic upheavals and the resultant final fiscal challenges, government continues to pay salaries of all public sector employees on government payroll and has committed to pay a cost of living allowance of 15%. This ensures 
This ensures that public servants are motivated and public service nationwide continued uninterrupted. Furthermore, it shows government's commitment to the public sector. Furthermore, Mr. Speaker, government is significantly investing in ongoing initiatives and programs to improve the lives of Ghanaians, facilitate economic and job opportunities, promote shared growth, and protect the quality of life of Ghanaians. Indeed, government has prioritized national security, food security, energy and road sector, sector development, railway infrastructure, education and skills development, among and other flagship programs. Mr. Sitka, on national security, the safety of Ghanaians in the face of complex security threats is a major concern to government, and we are using a significant amount of resources to ensure that we keep our country and our people safe. Considering what is happening in the West Africa region, it is important that we prioritize national security, and we have. Whilst it will not be prudent to disclose the full cost of ensuring the security of this state, let me emphasize that it is significant. As a result, the Ghana Armed Forces is implementing an enhanced surveillance program for the country's airspace and international borders through collaboration with other domestic security agencies. We are also aggressively pursuing the forward operating basis program to improve response time and prevent cross-border crimes as well as terrorist infiltration. To further improve internal security, the Ghana Police Service has recruited and trained 5,000 additional officers to put more police in our trees and communities. The service has also launched the See Something, Say Something campaign, intensified anti-armed robbery operations and intelligence-led suits throughout the country. Mr. Speaker, COVID-19 pandemic and the Russia-Ukraine war have combined to disrupt supply chains and increase transportation costs which are threatening food security globally. But what the people of Ghana care to see is that their government is doing about it to ease the impact here to enable households and farmers cope and support stable food supply, government has taken the following immediate measures. Place a temporary ban on grain exports, promote the use of organic fertilizer and cultivation of crops such as roots which require less fertilizer, monitor food and input prices to pick up early warning signals of potential food crisis in order to take prompt remedial action, and finalize modalities for the haulage of produce from farm gates in food growing areas to market centers, especially the urban areas. Mr. Speaker, on energy sector development, the raft of sanctions imposed on Russia are tightening supply conditions for energy products. In response, government is closely monitoring the stock of products at all depots. The timely intervention of the Bank of Ghana through the special forest auction mechanism is also expected to sustain continuous supply of petroleum products in Ghana. Mr. Speaker, we have seen in this country the damage that disruptions in power supply causes to businesses, large and small, from factories to head reserve saloons. As part of measures to improve transmission reliability of power supply, 
and expand energy to all Ghanaians. We have between January to date completed the Kasua Bulk Supply Plant Point project, which comprises the reconstruction of a section of Great Coast 161 kV Winneba Malam transmission lines and tie in works. The lights are on. We have, the lights are on. Advance the Volta Achimota lot of the 161 kV Volta Achimota Malam transmission line upgrade project to 85% from 83%. Connected 58 communities to the national grid as at end June 2022 with several communities at various stages of completion and commissioned the solar irrigation project at the whole Technical University in March 2022 to promote renewable energy systems. Mr. Speaker, for balanced sustainable energy partnerships that provide affordable power for industrial, commercial and residential use, we have kept our promise and successfully renegotiated power purchase agreements with six independent power producers, namely Car Powers and Power, Early Power, Twin City Energy, formerly Amandi, AXA Energy and Senate. These renegotiated agreements are expected to have savings estimated at 13.2 billion over the life of the PPAs through a combination of reduced capacity and energy charges. In other words, we will be saving the Ghanaian taxpayer 13.2 billion from power contracts signed by the previous administration. Mr. Speaker, in spite of the revenue mobilizing challenges, the President is determined to fix the roads. Our year of roads program is on continues to be on course. Phase one of the agreement with the Sino Hydro Corporation Limited comprising engineering, procurement and construction contracts for 442 kilometers of roads and two interchanges have gained significant progress, including Tamale Interchange Project completed and commissioned. PTC runabout interchange project 35% completion, upgrading of selected feeder roads in Ashanti and Western regions, completed of a lot more to follow, and Sunyani Inner City Roadworks at 63% completion. <coughs> Other key road and bridge projects are also progressing steadily, including the La Beach Road projects, lots one and two, which includes a three-tier interchange at Nungwa. It's 34% and 50% complete respectively as of June 2022. The phase two of the Lamte Circle Interchange and the flyover on the Accra Tema Motorway from the Flowerport Sprinters Road are 57% and 30% complete respectively as of June 2022. The Kumasi Lake Road and Drainage Extension Project, extension of the existing Abuabo drain and construction of the Tripathrim bus terminal at 92% at the end of 2022. Upgrading of Salaga, Ekumdipe, Pandai Road at 70% completion. Partial reconstruction of Bojaso, Adesu Road, Lot 1 at 98% completion. Work on the construction of 50 prefabricated bridges to improve connectivity within areas cut off by waterways in all 16 regions have been achieved with progress of about 80%. Mr. Speaker, under the Ministry of Roads and Highways Public-Private Partnership Program for Road Infrastructure, 
the design, build, finance, operate, and maintain Akratama Motorway and Extension PPP Project 27.7 km is at the procurement stage. Site work are expected to commence in September 2022. The Government of Ghana has made a strategic decision in line with the Public-Private Partnership Act 2020 to procure the Akratama Motorway and Extension Project through GIF with a mandate to deliver a gift-led PPP financing solution where maximum funds are raised from the market, but majority ownership of the project remains of GIF on behalf of the Ghanaian government. The draft concession agreement between GIF and Ministry of Roads and Highways is currently under review by GIF, Ministry of Roads and Highways, the Office of the Attorney General, and the Ministry of Finance. When completed, the concession agreement is expected to be approved by the PPP Committee, Cabinet and Parliament. The completed road will be told. Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker, all new roads of this nature will be told. Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker, the completed new road will be told to recover the whole life cost of the completed infrastructure as well as pay lenders and provide a return to equity investors. The government of Ghana shall provide funding through GIF to take equity in the special purpose vehicle to be created by GIF for the project. Mr. Speaker, PPP projects must be self-financing and they will be told. Mr. Speaker, significant investments continue to be made by government towards the development of a modern railway network. We believe in this because we know that creating an alternative means of transport, especially for goods, will ease the pressures on our roads and future impacts of global crude price hikes on farm products. For example, government is within target to complete the construction of the new Terman Pakadan rail line by the end of this year. The project is currently about 92% complete. The operationalization of the project is expected to enhance efficiency at the Terma port and provide the shortest possible transportation route between the southern and northern parts of Ghana. Mr. Speaker, government continues to implement key initiatives 
to enhance productivity, scale up entrepreneurship prospects, and build resilient systems. These initiatives underpin economic activities in a modern economy and significant and safeguard our transformation agenda. Mr. Speaker, we have placed human capital developments at the core of our national transformation efforts since 2017. We have invested 5.3 billion to enable 1.3 million Ghanaian children access to secondary education under the free SHS program at the end of 2021 to improve access to education. Out of the 571,892 registered DHS students, 555,353 representing 97.1% were placed into senior high schools this year. This is significant. We are aware of reported challenges in assessing and transporting food for students in SHS and we are fixing it. In response, we have engaged stakeholders and devised a program that ensures that schools will not be disrupted and our students are well-fed. Government has also recently completed 17 additional projects, including classroom blocks, dormitories, staff bungalows, and libraries as part of infrastructure expansion in senior high schools to deal with the record increases in student numbers. Mr. Speaker, we shall not compromise on President Akufuado's commitment to giving all our children the opportunity to be educated from kindergarten to university without the ability to pay being a hindrance. Free secondary and tier education are not under review. We'll continue to fund them, we'll continue to improve them, we'll continue to create efficiencies. Mr. Speaker, and eliminate waste. Mr. Speaker, thanks to the taxpayers, since January, 3.6 million pupils in 10,832 public basic schools have been fed with one hot meal every school going there in the first half of the year under the Ghana School Feeding Program. The program provides employment for caterers, about 32,496. School feeding program remains an important initiative that keeps our children in school, provides jobs and income for several people, mainly women, and avoids stunting. Mr. Speaker, I'm pleased to report that work has commenced in our various stages of construction in 87 out of the 111 size earmarked to Agenda 111 project. For the majority of contractors at various sites, we are well on course to bridge the health inequality gap and strengthen the health system nationwide. Furthermore, the following health infrastructure projects are expected to be completed by end year 2022. These are construction of one district hospital and five polyclinics in Western Region, Kontombra and Suam, Elubu, Wasa, Dunkwa, Bogoso, and Mpoho. Expansion and equipping of four selected facility projects in Aburi, Kom, Tetekwashi, Chibi, and Atibi. And equipping of Upper East Bolgatanga Regional Hospital Phase 2 and completion of 37 military um, completion of a military hospital, Mr. Speaker, in Kumasi. Mr. Speaker, 
It is important to recall that the timely intervention of the government to the outbreak of COVID-19 pandemic preserved lives and livelihoods of all Ghanaians. The economy measures staved off a recession and have sustained the momentum of economic recovery from 0.5% in 2020 to 5.4% in 2021. Mr. Speaker, last month, I provided a comprehensive update on COVID-19 expenditures to this House. I welcome your directive to the Committee of Finance and Health to further understand the expenditures occurred by MDAs under COVID. To complement this accountability process, I've also requested that the Auditor General audit the COVID-19 expenditure in line with its statutory obligations. Mr. Speaker, the COVID-19-related expenditure had to be met. They saved lives and provided inclusive growth. The impact of these interventions will certainly transcend the momentary challenges we face today. Mr. Speaker, developing the youth and sporting infrastructure remains the key objective of government. To empower our youth, we are implementing phase two of the skills toward employment productivity to train about 1,500 youth in six modules, transport, app development, satellite installation, hairdressing, cosmetology, and dressmaking. Consistent of government priority policy on building an entrepreneurial nation, these trainings will be supported under the Youth Start program. Mr. Speaker, government wishes to congratulate the Ghana men's 4 by 100 meters relay quartet for their outstanding performance in taking the fifth position in the final at the World Athletics Championship in Oregon last Saturday. They did so by setting a new national record of 38.07 seconds to Sean Safwentry, Benjamin Azamati, Joseph Odrumeno, and Joseph Poamua, a grateful country, says Aiko. Mr. Speaker, Ghana was represented in various international competitions at which the following medals were won. The fifth Para-Taekwondo Championship in Niger, two gold medals and one bronze. African Hockey Cup of Nations, Accra, Ghana, one silver medal. The National Beach Volleyball, Kutunu Benin, two bronze medals. Mr. Speaker, Team Ghana is scheduled to participate in the upcoming 2022 Commonwealth Games in Birmingham, UK between July 28th and August 8th. The Black Princesses will also participate in the FIFA and the 20 World Cup in Costa Rica in August 2022. And finally for this year, the senior national team, the Black Stars, will represent our nation at the FIFA World Cup in Qatar, November 2022. Yeah. <laughs> Government will ensure that adequate preparation is made to facilitate outstanding performance by these teams. We encourage all Ghanaians to continue to bear them in prayer and offer our support. Mr. Speaker, government continues to invest strategically in key sectors of the economy for catalytic results under the Ghana Cares Program. Significant progress made under the program in the first half of 2022 include completion of the first phase of registering pharmacists in the northern sector currently totaling 1.3 million farmers, 
and 32,970 value chain actors. This has started impacting how agriculture interventions will be delivered to our farmers. Offering a 50% interest rate subsidy on loans worth 5.95 million to private sector agribusinesses in the rice, soya, poultry, and tomato value chain to ease the costs of borrowing. Providing 27.3 Ghana, million Ghana cities as guaranteed cover for loans amounting to 94.7 million under Gessel, safeguarding 1,309 jobs. Training about 25,000 under the Youth in Innovation Agriculture Program Initiative to seamlessly integrate into agriculture value chains. Commence upgrading of three culturally significant sites, namely Abri Botanical Gardens, 55% complete, Yas Antoine Mausoleum, Ejisul Bissinasse, 58% completed, and the Pigwari Slave Camp near Paga, 73% completed. Launch the National Training and Retraining Program under the National Unemployment Insurance Scheme in July 2022 to equip 15,000 Ghanaians with employable skills for industrialization. Secured land and commence processes to establish the Economic Enclave Program. This will create a viable ecosystem for the youth in commercial agriculture with an initial focus on rice and poultry value chains. The Youth Start Initiative. Mr. Speaker, since March 2022, we have successfully piloted the Youth Start Program. Over 70 participants across the country went through a two-week mandatory training to equip them with the requisite skills in entrepreneurship, financial management, good corporate governance, market service, among others. Mr. Speaker, a total of 1.98 million was disbursed under the pilot to 46 individuals and eight associations with membership of between 6 and 45 members, based on specific needs to enable them to scale up their businesses and contribute to the job creation agenda of government. Development Bank of Ghana. Mr. Speaker, on the 14th of June 2022, government and entrepreneurs realized a long-cherished dream when we launched and operationalized the Development Bank of Ghana. This is a significant innovation and reinforcement of our financial architecture that will provide medium and long-term financing for commercially viable businesses and projects and focus, Mr. Speaker, on agribusiness, industrialization, and ICT. Together, we'll work harder to make the DBG a triple-A-rated institution able to access and disperse resources to finance Ghana's transformation of a $750 million capitalization. Mr. Speaker, despite global supply chain disruptions, Ghana's automotive development program under the Strategic Anchor Industries Initiative continues to attract investment. In April 2022, Nissan commissioned the largest automotive assembly plant in Ghana, in Tema, with a capacity to assemble over 31,000 vehicles per annum. The expected commissioning of four additional plants this year bringing a total to nine global brands will make this nation a true hub for automobiles in the sub-region. Mr. Speaker, digitalization is key to automation, data integration, and utilization in the modern economy. To this end, government continued implementation of our national identification program 
which is the foundation of our transformative digitalization agenda. As of June 2022, 16,895,108 Ghanaians were enrolled, out of which 15.7 million Ghana cars have been issued. Mr. Speaker, the President vision to see Ghana producing what we use for ourselves and what our neighbors also need is unfolding right before our very eyes. Out of 296 1D1F projects undertaken since 2017, 125 are currently operational across the country. This is by far the biggest industrialization program our country has seen since colonial days. Seen, seen against the 278 projects and 106 operational IDFs supported in November, 2021, our industrialization agenda is progressing steadily and we will urge more investors to see the current global supply chain challenges as rather an opportunity to invest in Ghana now, the commercial center of the Africa continental free trade area. to support 1D IFMs with technical assistances and access to credit including interest payment subsidies to the risk level export orientation for transformation. Ours is a country of strong, courageous, resilient and joyful people. Indeed, it is amazing how we can find humor in the midst of the most difficult situations which keeps our spirits alive. As a nation, we have gone through many difficulties, including the recent COVID-19 pandemic that devastated many nations, yet we survived. That is a testament of resilience. We concede that times are difficult and things are not what we desired, but we believe in the overcoming spirit of the Ghanaian people, a spirit that does not cower in the face of challenges, it is the spirit that inspires us as a government to provide the leadership that is required. Mr. Speaker, our decision to go to the IMF again, despite what we had determined earlier, is a short-term measure for balance of payment support. In the longer term, we really need is a major structural shift in our economy. Mr. Speaker, this will also open up our re-entry into international capital markets and friendly sovereigns who would support our program. The structure of the economy is still largely primary, despite the numerous attempts to structurally transform it through various industrialization programs. We are heavily reliant on primary commodities, extractive industry, and our price takers of the market. Our capacity and productivity remains low in both the public and private sectors. These are huge inefficiencies, as well as limited skills to foster how to well improve the standards of living. In this regard, any adverse global development impacts us negatively no matter how efficient we manage the economy. This is what we intend to reverse. Mr. Speaker, that is why the President's vision of a Ghana Beyond Aid is critical. It is to reduce our vulnerability to global shocks. Over the last few years, the implementation of our flagships, including the 1D1F, the Planting for Food and Jobs, the Road and Railway Development Program and our Recovery Program, the Ghana Cares of Batampa, will add value to our products. Thank you.
to increase productivity in both the public and private sector of the economy, to drive our transformation agenda, government will implement programs such as the Youth Start, as well as the training and retraining program to enhance the skills of Ghanaians, especially the youth. Furthermore, we'll promote a robust digital technology driven in architecture for unique identification to aid revenue mobilization, expenditure management, and enhance security. We shall improve connect, connective transport and communication infrastructure that promotes national and regional trade and strengthen the financial ecosystem reinforced of the Development Bank of Ghana that supports Ghanaian enterprises and enhances inclusive growth. We shall further, Mr. Speaker, turn Ghana into a continental financial services hub and a continental financial services technology playground. Mr. Speaker, our forward march is underpinned by a significant investment in structural transformation. Let me emphasize that over the last five years, we have been in the prudent usage of our tax revenues. As a government, we have made sure that these resources are channeled into interventions that impact the life and livelihood of our fellow Ghanaians. As a speaker, we have invested in the future of our children through free SHS where 5.3 billion has been spent to enable 1.3 million students have access to secondary education. We have invested in the poor and vulnerable through the LEAP program. We have, we have invested in hot nutritious meal per day to 3.2 million people in our busy schools and provided a steady stream for, of income for 32,493 people. We have invested in construction and rehabilitation and upgrading of major road networks. We've invested in lives and livelihoods during the COVID through the CAP bus and other interventions of over 600 million cities. We've invested in making sure that all public workers were paid every month during the COVID-19 pandemic, including the teachers who were paid for all the nine months when the academic calendar was disrupted. We invested in ensuring that we provide adequate human resources for our public sector for employing 295,000 more people between 2017 and 2019. Of this number, 86,000 in the education sector, 146,000 in the health sector, and 37,000 in the security services. We have also, Mr. Speaker, invested in strategically placed industries in over 100 districts under the 1D1 program, and we are and we're investing in the expansion of health infrastructure to every district under the Agenda 111 initiative. Yeah. Mr. Speaker, for three years, for three years, we have provided relief for our people. We prioritize savings, lives, and livelihoods in spite of our fiscal condition. Mr. Speaker, government has always come during the difficult times, come through during the difficult times, and we believe that together we will overcome challenges that lie ahead of us. Mr. Speaker, we are invested to grow the economy and create jobs for our young people, to be able to leverage opportunities created by AFCFTA. It is the most sustainable means of improving living standards in the long term. At this critical time, we are directing resources to regain economic stability. This is what Ghanaian households and businesses expect and deserve. 
with discipline, dedication, and hard work, we will overcome the current challenges that confront our nation. We are convinced we can do this again. We work closely with Ghanaians to turn around the economic, situ economic situation in 2017, and we can do it again. Mr. Speaker, in the immediate term, we'll strengthen our focus on efficiency in our fiscal operations and transformation efforts. To this end, we are aggressively improving revenue mobilization by adopting more innovative and comprehensive approaches, including technology, rationalizing expenditures, adopting policies to address inflation, promoting production and improving productivity, including implementing the Ghana Cares and USAT programs, and exploring innovative financing as illustrated by the recently approved 750 million AFRI exam facility. Yeah. Mr. Speaker, predictions on a change global outlook since the war has manifested. According to the IMF, the outlook has targeted significantly and uncertainty is exceptionally high. The downside risks about which the IMF had previously warned have now materialized. Mr. Speaker, there is no crystal ball in predicting when these uncertainties will end. The pandemic, which has been at the root of the current World War torment, is far from over. Crucially, the global weekly average of COVID-19 infections has surged from 472,895,000 to 1 1.08 million between 31 May 2022 and 22nd June 2022. Even though the active infection rate in Ghana stands currently below 500, despite harsh economic sanctions and toxic diplomacy, we are witnessing a war of attrition in Ukraine with no end in sight. Monetary policy adjustments to tame surge inflation may persist over the medium term. We are also developing a new strategy to enable us to confront these uncertainties as part of the enhanced domestic program. This program will stimulate economic growth, promote fiscal consolidation, and enable us to re-emerge on the path of sustained transformation and debt sustainability. We have invited a fund to support key components of this program. Mr. Speaker, this program reinforces our focus on fiscal consolidation and debt sustainability. To demonstrate our commitment, we are not seeking additional resources despite significant challenges. We'll stay within the appropriation for 2022. Government will balance underperforming revenues and the adverse impact of the strong external headwinds with effective use of our windfall from upstream petroleum sector. As a speaker, the Minister of Finance will work with the Bank of Ghana in the coming months to provide emergency financing in the case of shortfall within the law, given the current unpredictable and challenging environment. The Bank of Ghana is also taking measures to help reduce inflation and has introduced critical measures to help stabilize the city, which is to exercise Ghana's first right of refusal to gold produce here, and for the first time in the Fourth Republic at least, build a strong gold reserves culture to protect the city as we move forward. Mr. Speaker, the collective achievement of this initiative will offer a more permanent respite and capacity to withstand similar challenges in the future. Our economic prospects are bright, but we'll have to 
to contend with recurrent external challenges and adapt quickly to a new environment. There will always be unexpected challenges ahead. These have to be carefully considered and measures put in place to resolve them. Mr. Speaker, we are confident because we have laid the key infrastructure upon which we can anchor this process of national growth. Mr. Speaker, we are even more confident of an imminent breakthrough because we have, Mr. Speaker, a track record, a plan, the discipline, the dedication, the competence, as well as the compassion for our people and our country. But most of all, Mr. Speaker, we have God who gives abiding grace for this new journey. He guided the Kufuado government to successfully exit an IMF program in 2019. He will again use this government to successfully go through this program to redeem us from this. We will chart a sustainable course that will restore and improve macroeconomic stability, energize and expand economic activity, create jobs and strengthen Ghana's structural resilience to future external jobs. Mrs. Mr. Speaker, I serve a president who has shown by his deeds that he is deeply committed to the welfare of the masses of our people. Ours is also a government, ours is also a government that is not afraid to make hard choices for the good of our country. I want to appeal to Ghanaians to keep faith with the president and his team. We know things are tough now, but we have a plan and the will to drive it. We want this House to do exactly what it did in the earlier crisis of 2020. Support us in our bid to reduce the impact of this global crisis on the nation and to tackle the vulnerabilities in our economy to make us prone to such shocks. The President wants the Sovereign House to be a strategic partner in government's efforts to stabilize the economy and spare growth to create jobs. Ours, Mr. Speaker, is a proud history of finding solutions to our country's issues, the MPP government of the Fourth Republic. We have done it before, we will do it again, and with the help of this House and the support of the good people of Ghana, we shall come out of this stronger. As we claim the Lord's promise in Joel 2 to send his people corn, wine, and oil to satisfy us and eliminate this reproach. In this journey, we must eschew pessimism. That takes invaluable energy away from our forward march to transformation. As one people, we must speak the same language of patriotism to guarantee our own collective success. For a united country, will have no restraint but victory, Mr. Speaker, in Kunim. Mr. Speaker, I'm thankful for the opportunity to be here to outline our programs. I'm grateful that we continue to engage and find sustainable solutions to our solutions, to our challenges. God indeed bless our homeland, Ghana, and make us great and strong. Mr. Speaker, I beg to submit.